Hey guys, welcome to the Wild Weird. We are on our second solo episode. Uh, first one, it felt like one good. Felt like I got a little, little bit too serious. Um, it was something I really wanted to kind of get off my chest and express. Uh, don't really talk too in depth about my feelings with anybody, and still did it with that solo pod because nobody's here to witness it, uh, minus those who listen to the podcast. Um, it was very therapeutic. Um, felt like I got a lot out. Thanks. Uh, thank you, everybody, for the feedback, the people that did give feedback. Um, I heard a lot of good things. Uh, I also got some like, hey, man, that's a little bit too deep. You know, I don't know if that was like, it kind of makes people uncomfortable when they sit and listen to something that's not really a very upbeat, um, non-serious topic. But that was something I kind of wanted to talk about. And, you know, that battle is still going on. My mom is still in the same situation. Um, went over there yesterday during the day with my wife and hung out with her, my brother, uh, my sister-in-law, um, who are amazing. They are being extremely helpful. Thank you, Erica, for everything you've done. Um, you know, I, I can't really express how thankful I am for you and everything that you've done for my mom, helping her out, staying home with her, um, helping her in and out of her chair, going to the bathroom with all her basic needs and just being there for her. You're a really good friend. You're a really good sister-in-law and just know that I really appreciate you and everything that you do for us. Um, you know, one thing I've been trying to do with this podcast is, you know, obviously express my feelings, but show my appreciation for people. Maybe I'm going over the top with it with, you know, basically sucking Grant off and telling him thank you every episode. Uh, but you know, I am thankful and you know, life is short and you got to be thankful for those who do things for you without asking. I don't ask people to do anything for me. I'll, you know, I'll ask people like, Hey, cause I don't have a truck. I'm like, Hey, can you help me pick up a couch? Can you help me pick up some furniture? Like ask for little things like that, that I really can't do myself. I try to do most of everything by myself, uh, with minimal help. But fortunately I have really good people in my life and my family, friends that, kind of stick their neck out for me and go out of their way to help me. Jeremiah, uh, Caesar, Juan, um, uh, everybody that is Sam, uh, Brian, everybody that's just done things that they don't have to do, you know? And I think people look past that quite a bit. People look past these things that people do for you because maybe there's a sense of entitlement. Uh, you feel like you already, these people, are like, it's an honor for them to be around you when it's not, nobody cares that much, but, um, I'm just really thankful for everybody in my life who stepped up and just kind of gone out of their way for me, you know, and I feel like I'd be a shitty human being if I didn't show any appreciation. And just so you guys know, you need anything from me, Jeremiah Grant, anybody, anybody like I'm there, like without hesitation. No, but nothing in return. Like I am of service to whoever needs me because I mean, that's really what life's about, right? Is being of service, doing things and not thinking about yourself and going out of your way to help people without expecting anything in return. I mean, that that's the point of service. You be of service, you feel good about it and you leave knowing that somebody's, that somebody, you know, hopefully appreciates it, but it's really for you. 
And when you're doing something like that, when you're doing something of service for you, you're doing a something, you're doing something of service to your community, to your city, to just the general good, humanity. Like it's a little thing, but it goes a long way. And you shouldn't take that for granted either. Like just know when you do go out of your way, somebody out there is appreciating it. I appreciate you, you know, <laughs> but just when when somebody needs you and they're afraid to ask, just do it. Just step out and be like, hey, I got you. Don't worry about it. You got people have a lot on their plate, especially with COVID. You know, we got people that are working, trying to balance family, work life, pay their bills, uh, put food on their table for their kids and for their family, trying to maintain like friendships and relationships. Like I married my wife before COVID. I can imagine what it's like to date right now in COVID. Just the complications of that and having to, you know, balance all that time. But, you know, just just know that when you're doing something good, something good is happening with that. And I think when you're of service or you're not thinking about yourself on a continual basis, right, that that's when good things happen without, like, really any effort. You do something good for somebody that makes someone happy and appreciate your help. And that encourages them to do the same thing. People, it's kind of a chain reaction of events where people go out of their way to help people that are less fortunate or people that need the help. You know, we all have that instinct. Every time you're driving down the road and you see somebody on the side asking for change, asking for money, um, you can see a uh, a family with their children that are obviously in a hard time that need help. Like, you can do it that way. You can go out of your way, be like, hey, maybe my way of helping right now is giving this person $2. That $2 can buy a sandwich for each of their kids, you know? And by the end of the day, if enough help could give them a place to stay at night so they're not out in the cold or they're not stressed about their bills or they're not stressed about their kids. I mean, that... What else are we here for? We're here to help each other. And we're kind of living in a time where we're encouraged to be self-involved and to focus on our selfish needs, to take all the photos and kind of see what, how much attention we're getting. You know, take a picture of that ass and see how many compliments you get when really you did a, like 20 million photos just to get one decently good pic of your ass, right? Because I've seen some asses out there that aren't that nice, but with about 200 photos and about an hour of editing, it can look decent, right? We all see that. We see a lot of beautiful asses. But we live in a time where people are a little bit self-indulgent. And nothing's wrong with loving yourself or wanting that attention. Like, I think, really, you should look inward and kind of see where that's coming from, why you want the attention. You know, because nothing's wrong with not wanting the attention or to not share memories or to not constantly post every moment of your life. Right? That's where I'm having a struggle because my struggle is how do I not share every single memory with every person in my life or every person that's on my Facebook, Instagram, all my social media sites, right? Like some of the, most of my memories I want to keep to myself. I want to have my own memories. When I die, I can't take my laptop and my phone with me. You know, you can't, it's a, it's a material object that like that really isn't real. Like, it's a tool. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all these social media sites, TikTok, they're all tools. 
really good marketing tools if you know how to use them right. You can make or break careers with social media. We all know this. It's happened to people. Happened to a lot of people. But it could also be used for good. Bringing people together from different communities. Kind of people that feel isolated. That found a community that shares the same interests that they do. That they didn't get in their... uh, That they don't get in their immediate life. In the real world. So they have that outlet for it. They are able to express themselves. And to be able to share their own interests and ideas with people. That's beautiful. That's amazing that people can do that. But there also shouldn't be anything wrong with not wanting to share everything with everybody. With not wanting to like to feel like everybody's entitled to your life. Because they're not. It's your life. It's your life. You, nobody cares about it as much as you think they do. Like You can get 200, like, 200 likes for something you put effort into and add uh, a promotion for... Anything you have going on, business, YouTube channel, um, podcast, you know, like I do it. I promote my podcast. I dramatically suck at it. I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. I post videos of my records and me playing music because that's what I love. I love music. Don't know how to play an instrument. I've tried. I suck. Should, you know, and I've always wanted to like be good at one. But I know that if, to do that, you have to have, you need the time. And I haven't put in that time, you know. And one day, hopefully I will, but like, it's just, it's nice to have things for yourself. Be selfish in that way. Be selfish and hold on to your shit. Like what you do with your family is important to you. And those are your memories. Keep more of those than you put out on social media. You know, you'll have more of a substance filled life that way. I feel at least that's my opinion. You know, like, I really think that if you just focus on making yourself better, but also help other people more than you focus on yourself and your own selfish indulgences, like, I know I'm a selfish asshole. I had this conversation with uh, a friend last night where, like, I, I told him, you know what, I tried to do nice things. If that's my version of what I think is a nice thing, you know, what I'm capable of without expecting anything really in return. But I'm fully aware that I'm an asshole. I've always been an asshole. I think since first grade, I've enjoyed annoying people. You know? And I've just noticed when I am honest about myself and about who I am, that I feel better. I feel less shitty about myself. I feel more self-confident because I'm like, I I, I feel more accepting of me because I know that it's, those are obviously not great traits they should all be improved on. But having an acceptance of like who I am has helped me grow as a person, I feel. And I feel like if there's more focus on that, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. That's really hard not that's really hard to do is not be hard on yourself. We expect a lot out of ourselves. And then when we fall short, we're disappointed. And that's you know, and nobody's really thinking about you or care about you messing up as much as you think you do, you know? Cause like the people in your life, think of your parents, you have friends, uh, close ones, family, friends, people are going to love you despite anything that you do, like short of like some really horrible things, obviously like, but people will still be there for you because we're human. We make mistakes. We say stupid shit. 
I'm not. Nobody should be graded or judged on one mistake and then be labeled that for the rest of their life because it's not. Then you're canceling out growth. You're not allowing people to make mistakes, and you can't grow without making mistakes. Every day we make mistakes. Every at least once a day, I forget to do laundry or I do something. That's a small mistake. My wife gets a little pissed off at me sometimes about it. Or I can wake up in a bad mood and be kind of quiet and not realize how I'm acting. That I'm really being an asshole. And then when she tells me, Greg, you're being an asshole, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I know. I'm an asshole. I'm sorry. I'll do I'll do better to like to keep my emotions in check. Right? But that's like without communication, without you know, having somebody there to be able to tell me those things or having, fortunately, I have that. Not a lot of people do, but fortunately, I do. But it's always good to be as present as possible and kind of check yourself when those things happen. Whenever you're like, ugh, feeling a little anxious, feeling a little angry, feeling a little, you just feel not good today. Like you just have a sense that today's not going to be that great of a day. But you always have that choice to make the day better and to just kind of lean out of it. Lean into the feelings, but kind of like, okay, let me work out of this. And today doesn't have to end this way. Today does not have to be a day of me being mad all day. Or you got you can't just be like, today's one of those days. It's just going to be one of those days where I'm not feeling it. That's completely normal. That's completely healthy. You know, do, what, do whatever you want to do. But thank you, everybody, who sent in suggestions to thewildweirdness at gmail.com has liked videos, subscribed to the YouTube channel, TikTok, followed us on Instagram. Really appreciate it. I mean, be honest with you, like I said before, not expecting a lot out of this. I hope this podcast like gets more listeners and people listen and maybe they get something out of what I'm saying. But the one thing I want to try to avoid, which I feel like I just did a lot of, <laughs> is like give life lessons when really I'm don't have I haven't lived a lot of life. Like one thing one of my biggest pet peeves is when 20-year-olds try to tell other people how to live or give life advice. Like, no 20-year-old should give relationship advice, marriage advice. Nobody who's young should give any of that advice because you haven't succeeded in shit. I want to hear that from, like, a 50, 60, 70-year-old person who's been married for 40, 50 years, who has lived life, made a lot of mistakes, and grew from those mistakes, and have experience. Those are the people that should be giving advice and telling us, like, and we should be listening. Those people aren't on Instagram or on YouTube trying to sell a product for most of the time. There are some, but most of them are actually living their life and not trying to get some satisfaction that people listen to what they say and that take their opinion on life like to heart and value that, you know? So that's, that's one thing I want to try to be aware of in this show is not being preachy. Not trying to seem like I know something because I'm not an expert in anything. I have my interests. I know a little bit about some, some, a little bit about some things. You know, I'm a stubborn fella. I feel like there's some things I have my opinions on, but I know that I'm not the expert or even close to it in those topics or in anything really. But I think that's what makes just open conversation and discussion relatable is that you don't have to be an expert in everything, you know? Some of the greatest people in history weren't an expert in something. They just did something out of a good intention and put in the work, you know, and then found a following behind it without social media, which I felt like was probably a lot harder and required a lot more work and travel. But 
you know, I just, I, I'd appreciate it if people wrote in and said, Greg, you're being a little bitch and stop being so preachy. You know, I'll try my best to keep myself in check, but you guys try to keep me in check as well. I, I'd really appreciate that. And if my friends are listening to this as well, do the same thing. If you see me in person, you, you write me on Instagram, just be like, Greg, stop being a little, stop being a little bitch and check yourself. And nobody needs to know about how to be happy from you because that's, yeah, I don't really know. I try my best. I feel like happiness is a very interesting concept. I feel like it's simple though, in a way. I just feel like, isn't happiness just having something to look forward to in a way? Like, if you can wake up each day and have something to look forward to, that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good thing. I feel like that's a start, right? Just having something good to look forward to. Does it mean every moment of your life has to be good? If every if every moment of your life was great, you'd have nothing exciting to look forward to. You'd just be kind of expecting what's going to happen in 10 minutes. It'd be very boring. But kind of went on a tangent there, guys, for like 17 minutes. Appreciate it. Appreciate the patience. But there's a couple things I actually wanted to talk about today. Last week, I talked a lot about sports. Today, only thing I'm going to say about sports is that today is the first day of the NBA. Super excited, right? Like, I think the Brooklyn Nets play today. Interesting to see how that goes. I'm pretty sure they get their first W today. Um, Blazers play against the Sacramento Kings tomorrow. I won't be able to watch it because I'll be at work, so that fucking blows. And then Saturday, they play the Blazers play against the Phoenix Suns, and I will be there in person at the Moda Center, Portland, Oregon. If you see me, give me a shout-out. Um, Come up to me. Say what's up. Might buy you a drink. Who knows? Depends on how I'm feeling that day. But excited. Excited to go to that with you, Grant. It's going to be dope. Um, hopefully they have a good selection of alcoholic beverage because Portland does a pretty good solid with their IPAs and with their craft brews. Super excited for that too, you know, cause I, I'm not going to be driving and I'm not going to have my kids with me. So I'm going to have a good time, but I'm going to do it responsibly with my friend Grant. Grant might be a little bit more responsible than me. He tends to be most of the time, but I'm going to try to keep myself in check and still have a great time. Um, and then a couple days ago was actually this is off topic, nothing to do with sports, was the DC Fandom 2021, where they announced um, upcoming projects, new movies, new TV shows, uh, some I don't really care much about, some that seem very exciting to me. Um, you know, they announced the, uh, the next season of The Flash show. Don't really have an opinion on that because I've never seen a single episode. I think it's on the CW and that like in that WB verse with Arrow, um, uh, Supergirl, all of those shows find them a little campy. So I've been turned off, but I've heard good things. So I'm not, I'm not like shying away from them. I, there's still hope that I'll watch them eventually. I just have a lot of shows I'm watching right now. And that's kind of on the pretty far back on the back burner. Um, but a couple ones I'm excited about is first the Batman movie, the Robert Pattinson Batman movie directed by Matt Reeves. It's got a killer cast. Robert Pattinson, dude from Twilight, Twinkle Face, you know, the guy with the sparkly diamond face uh, that's been in that. And that movie Lighthouse with Willem Dafoe. I'm not sure if anybody's seen that. That one's a good watch, a little creepy, but it's cool. Um, Zoe Kravitz, God, that woman. That woman is beyond beautiful. You know, like, I mean, look at her mom. Mom's a beautiful woman. Her, even her father, 
father, what, he's like in his 50s, and the guy's like shredded his shit. He's got like washboard abs, like an eight-pack, like always showing the fucking like V in his waist all the time. He's always wearing like a belly shirt with like beads on it with like a belt and short, like short under the hip pants. Dude looks fucking amazing. Guy looks great. Eats healthy, probably exercises all the time, does shit ton of sit-ups. Like, comes from a beautiful line of family. Like, she just looks great. And she's a great actress on top of it. Then you got Paul Dano as the Riddler. Paul Dano, like No Country for Old Men. I think that was the one he was in. Yeah, that was. And um, great fucking actor. Great actor. He's been in shit for like the last 20 years. Um, Colin Farrell is the Penguin. Obviously, he looks nothing like he does in real life in that. They put shit ton of prosthetic email or like prosthetic makeup and uh, outfits. I think he gained a shit ton of weight for that part. Um, like, I'm pretty sure that his character, from that trailer, right? Spoiler alert. From that trailer, he looks insane. I, I, he looks like they showed more of him than the Riddler. So who knows? He might be more of a main character than the Riddler. But I'm excited to see Paul Dano as the Riddler and kind of them go from that. You know, he obviously has the question mark like in the trailer. They're right at the beginning. Shows this dude sitting in a cafe. And cops are swarming in. They're kind of sneaking in. And then obviously they come in, slam his head down, and you see a question mark uh, foamed in like a cup of coffee. And you're like, okay, that's the Riddler. So they're going with that whole question mark thing because the guy likes to do riddles and try, he goes around trying to stump people. Honestly, probably one of the more annoying villains, but like very complex and can be really interesting if they do it right, which I think they did it right with this, and I'm excited. But then you got, let's see, you got Andy Circus as Alfred. Like this dude just came off directing Venom, and now he's Alfred in Batman. Like... And the cool thing about him, I'm you know, I'm not too familiar with the comics, but I know that there's a version of Alfred, like the one that was in Gotham, who's like military trained, was part of the British military. And this one, you can see the scars on his face, the kind of show, though. Maybe he's the guy, not Raz Ghul. I don't think he's going to be part of this. At least that's not what they've advertised or promoted. But it does seem like Andy Serkis might be the guy who trains Robert Pattinson's Bruce, like Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne to learn how to fight and trains him to be, you know, the Batman. I'm super excited for that. Then they released a trailer for the Peacemaker show, which is based on like a spinoff of the character that was in the Suicide Squad movie, uh, played by John Cena. Right? Like, I'm a in my I'm 30, so I remember John Cena when he was in the WWE, like early, early on John Cena. You know, because I really thought that's who this guy was when he was in the WWE, and then. That kind of sticks with you. It's kind of like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It's like he's been so famous for so long and have done so many other things and so many movies. You see him on social media everywhere. It's kind of like Kevin Hart. He's just all over the place and super famous. Like he'd probably run for president and have a good chance of winning. And so like John Cena is kind of like, okay, he's been in a couple movies. He's comedic. Uh, he's got a great personality. and But he's still not as distanced from the WWE as Rock has been, obviously because The Rock has been doing it longer and um but man did a great job in the suicide squad movie like kind of makes you root for his character even though you know he's kind of a piece of shit and he just follows the like follows protocol it's all about the mission for this dude and it seems like in this show they're gonna make him a relatable character maybe a possible redeemable character because it looks like turning into like a buddy cop kind of like the group of misfit uh informants who are trying to solve a case or save the world. And they don't seem like the people that you would entrust to save the world. 
but somehow they pull it off because they work together very well. And, um, excited for that. Like that looks cool. Like it shows him with driving around with the bald eagle in his car, hugging a bald eagle. Uh, you meet his dad. So you're probably going to find out like why he is the way he is mentally, maybe because his father was a douche and kind of like was really hard on him. I feel like that's going to be it. And then his father might get redeemed somehow, but excited for that. Uh, then there were some, some, um, previews that, you know, didn't necessarily give you a trailer, give you a little snippet, but like most of these were still in production are still in production. Uh, we got a quick little snippet of black Adam. I believe they're done filming that, but they're in production. So they probably haven't even formula. They obviously haven't put together a full length, maybe minute and a half, two minute trailer, like what we got from the Batman. Um, but you know, it shows like two explorers, kind of tomb Raider atmosphere, two people walking into it, like a tomb, uh, with flashlights and all their explorer gear, Indiana Jones and that shit. And then, um, come across this person all cloaked up, sitting on the ground, kind of kneeling. And all of a sudden he turns his head, right? You don't even really get a good look at his face, but then he rises up and he's got the, the lightning bolt in his chest and you're kind of, and he's fucking rocked out and yoked like the rocks. So you're like, Oh, that's the rock. That's the black Adam. And, uh, kind of shows him rising up and kind of like electricity going all over the place. And I think it ends there from what I remember. I think that was it. And then it's like a rock gave a monologue about the changing, the hierarchy of power is going to never be the same. Right. Cause obviously there's going to be a, hopefully Henry Cavill comes back for a Superman, uh, cameo or a Superman movie or something. Hopefully they keep Henry Cavill because I'd rather see the black Adam showdown with Superman than with Shazam or the Batman. Right. Cause obviously black Adam will beat the shit out of the Batman, which I find very odd that he even stands a chance. Like Ben Affleck's Batman is like super rocked out, super good at combat. But somehow manages to not die every time he fights somebody with powers, right? I would be severely insecure as a superhero if I was like, not really the Flash, because the Flash is, you know, clumsy. They portrayed him that way in the Justice League, or at least not in the Snyder Cut in the, uh, the original Jaws Whedon Justice League. But, like, wouldn't you feel bad as a superhero if you're like, man, I got all these powers. Nothing can kill me. Can't get shot. Can't get stabbed. Only other beings with superpowers stand a chance and then somehow i can't kill batman right so you develop a respect for him he's kind of like the little like the little brother that tries his best and you're like okay well we're gonna leave you alone you can join a you can join our group because you have some good insight but we're just not going to kill you because you've managed to hold your own right so i don't want to see a batman and black adam battle don't want to see it don't want to see it so, so please dwayne the rock johnson please do not do that that's going to, I'll be so disappointed. I'll be like, what, what is, is he going to have a, a more, he's going to turn into Iron Man, Iron Batman. He's going to have like a stronger suit, like a, like a Black Adam busting suit. I don't want that. I want to see Superman and I want to see Black Adam, possibly Shazam because Shazam, I think is going to have some character building done in that movie that they're doing. So Superman, Black Adam, let's make that happen. Uh, Rock, you can do anything. So I trust you. And carrying from that, they showed kind of like a in-production uh, sneak peek of the Shazam movie, Fury of the Gods, right? So you get to see some of the new characters that came in towards the end, his friends that kind of are part of his Shazam group. I forgot what they're called, but they kind of look like DC's Power Rangers. They're all fucking different colors, different races, beautiful fucking people who kind of grew up from kids and became adults just like he did whenever they get their power. Um but they also showed Helen Mirren, 
as a villain, and Lucy Liu as a villain. Didn't expect that. Didn't expect Helen Mirren to show up in this shit, especially Shazam. I wouldn't have been surprised if she showed up in a possible, you know, another Justice League Part 2 movie or um, a Black Adam movie, something darker, right? Because maybe she's they're going to play that character that, uh, I think her name was Hela, that um, was in Thor uh, Ragnarok. That was Thor's sister. That was kind of like that, not so give a shit about character, but still was like, like was could get you excited and make you feel like there's not that much hope for these characters and hope for Thor, like Thor survival, that there's some like, there's some stakes at it. Like there's something at stake, right? Sorry. That was a little place. And, uh, so maybe these characters are going to be really interesting because, you know, during these sneak peeks, they hype it up like you're never going to see anything like this. You know how many times people in movies have said that? Of course, you're getting paid right now to sit and discuss and hype up this movie. It's all about the hype. You need people to come see it so you can get paid. I totally get that. So when somebody says, this could be amazing, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm like, I'll take that with a grain of salt and see what happens in the future when it comes out because I'll be the judge of that. Or, you know, the world will be the judge of that because you could say the movie's great until we go see it and then shit. And then you're, we're like, well, what happened, Helen Mirren? Like, you said it was awesome. Like, nobody's going to care that you said that probably at that point. But people will be disappointed just like they were with the Star Wars movies. <laughs> and, you know, that looks cool, though, because apparently there's going to be like it's obviously has more money, more money in the production, more storyline. It looks like it's going to be a little bit more adulted because the other one, the first Shazam movie was made for children like i would say young children young adolescents and this one seems like it's it grew with its audience and or at least i hope it does because i mean every good franchise needs to grow with its audience marvel's done a good job with it dc is uh, kind of been all over the place you know they've had some hits they've they they make watchable movies so far you know like the joker movie with joaquin phoenix was a great movie Sadly, not a part of the DC canon universe, but it was good. And DC was, you know, has that affiliation. So give you that. But Justice League had a hiccup, so they let the guy do it again. Add some more footage, make it a little bit longer, change the color scheme, and and then kind of change, try to change your opinion. So they're, they're more likely to get you to watch their future projects. And um, I'm kind of excited for that one. We'll see where that one goes. Uh, I think it doesn't even come out until next year or the year after. I think 2023. They keep pushing these like these movies back. Marvel just did it. Uh, I think they announced yesterday that uh, after the Eternals comes out November 5th, that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness isn't going to come out until, I think, January. All this stuff's being pushed back to 2022 and 2023. Um, so I don't have a, like, a... I'm not, like, ecstatic yet. Like, I'm excited to see those movies. You know, Ant-Man... Uh, Spider-Man, no, uh, I think Spider-Man might come out in January. I think that's the next one to come out after um, after Eternals. But that one got pushed back. And then you got all the shows. You know, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, um, uh, all the other shows that they're going to be coming out and putting up uh, alongside the movies. But, and then they showed a snippet of the Flash movie. That looks interesting. Like, Ezra Miller is a very charismatic fellow. Like, 
he kind of reminds me of like a more comical. It's like if you took Timothy Chalamet and like uh, Ryan Reynolds and like fuse them together and then you have him. Maybe that's a bad interpretation. But really, he's just, he's kind of comic relief, right? Because even in the Justice League movies, they portrayed him as being kind of like just always fucking up. Kind of like the worthless superhero. Like he's really fast, he can travel through time. But the guy kind of just stumbles all over himself and you can't really rely on him. They kind of make him look like a putz. You know, like it's, it's, it, it is what it is. But hopefully, by adding a couple other versions of it, uh, the Flash, Ezra Miller's Flash in this movie, that that kind of makes up for it, and they kind of redeem him, make him a hero, kind of show that story arc of him becoming a hero. Because I didn't get that vibe from him whenever. He was just kind of like, they needed some help, he was there, he was all they had, and he they made do with him. So I hope they do more with him, and kind of a build onto his character, like character arc, because you know about, they really only explain stuff with his father, you don't get much with his mom, uh, you know, like he, there's a love interest in the Snyder cut that they go more into, like, so I hope they do more with him. And I wonder if Cyborg is going to be in that one too, because they don't show anything about Cyborg. I, but from from a lot of the drama last year that was going on between the director and the guy who played Cyborg, I guess he's not. He might not be in any future projects. Who knows? He might be in that. But I'm excited because Michael Keaton's going to be in it. Tim Burton's Michael Keaton, like that Batman will be in the Flash movie. Super excited for that. Um, so hopefully it doesn't rely on Michael Keaton trying to save everybody or like trying to save that movie. I mean, obviously there's th- like, there's a want for this, the nostalgia they're doing it with the, uh, with the Spider-Man movie, you know, they are hint, they brought back doc, uh, doc Ock. They're going to bring, bring back the green goblin. Hopefully Willem Dafoe plays him and not James Franco or that other dude. I don't even know the other guy's name. He was cosmetically an interesting goblin, but I hope Willem Dafoe is this goblin and uh, they're bringing back, I believe Jamie Foxx's electro. Like he was an interesting character. I feel like they kind of fucked him up in the amazing Spider-Man like movies, but hopefully they do a good job with him in this one. Um, but you could tell they're kind of building into a sinister six universe. And I haven't seen the Venom movie spoilers, but apparently there's some tie in with Spider-Man and Venom because Sony has been fucking that shit up. And from what I've heard, Venom 2 is, I'll let you, yeah, I'm not even saying anything about that. I'll let you guys go see that and see for yourself. But like, obviously you go through your day and there's not a lot of hype around Venom 2. So I think you kind of get the gist of what that is. Um, So that is, that's going to be interesting. But that, like I said, that's in production. So that's not going to be out for, I think, till late last, late next year or possibly the year after. Um. And one of kind of, you know, I like cartoons. I like The Incredibles. I like the Pixar digital animation superhero setups, right? Because you can do a lot with that. I'm actually kind of excited for, like, DC Le- uh, DC's League of Super Pets, right? Super Pets is going to be fucking cool. They got a great cast. So you have Dwayne The Rock Johnson playing Crypto the Dog, Super Dog, right? I think that's his name. So the main character is Dwayne Johnson. Got Kevin Hart. Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart. I've always been the same shit. They were in the junk, uh, the uh, Jumanji. They've done, I think, another movie together. It was like a buddy cop movie. Or am I thinking, no, is that the movie he did with Ice Cube? He might, I feel like he's done a lot of shit with The Rock. But yeah, yeah. Okay, continue. But, um, so that's interesting. And then I'm kind of excited because I'm kind of like a comedy nerd, a comedy podcast nerd. Like, I really, 
I'm not sure. You guys probably know who Mark Marin is. Um, he had a like, he's a comedian. He has his own show, Marin on IFC, that came out like think like ten years ago on IFC. It's got about four scenes of it. I believe it's still on there. If you have IFC, I don't know who does, but if you do, you can watch his show. Really funny comedian. Great podcast. WTF has great guests. The guy's fucking interviewed Obama in his garage. Like, I would love to interview a president. Like, if I can interview Trump or Biden in my garage, that'd be cool. Like, just knowing that I'm shutting down my neighborhood to interview somebody would be fucking awesome. But the guy's pretty iconic in that world, right? Kind of known as an asshole, but kind of like a savant asshole, right? He is kind of like the king of the assholes, but very like a very smart comedic man and great actor, too. Then a couple movies, sort of trust. He had a part in the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix and Robert De Niro. Um, he's done a, a lot of things. He's, uh, he was just recently in, uh, I believe that movie, Respect, based on the life of Aretha Franklin with Jennifer Hudson. Like, guy kind of always plays the old grumpy motherfucker, but the guy's got some depth to him. You know, he's kind, he's it's been through a lot, and he's a, he's just a great actor. Oh, Andy was in that TV show on Netflix, Glow, about the female wrestlers. Like, great show. Recommend you guys. I loved that show. I recommend you guys check it out. It's sad that I only got two seasons. But, um, yeah, like, uh, League of Super Pets just looks fucking cool. I'll, I'll watch it. I'm, I'm not going to pay to go to the theater and watch it. But when it comes out on, like, Disney, well, it's probably going to come out on HBO Max, not Disney Plus, I don't know that. But when it comes out on HBO Max or whatever streaming service it comes out on, um, I'm definitely going to watch it. That that seems like a fun watch. Um, but, you know, there's a lot to be excited for. You know, like, obviously, within the next couple months, like, last week, I think it was, no, not last week, a couple days ago, Apple did another unveiling. They uh, uh, showed, like, the new MacBook Pro, uh, the new AirPods and the no, new home mini pod. So like, and then the new iPhone came out like a month ago. So like, there's like this time period right before Christmas where people are just unloading product on us. And I'm excited to see what this is becoming of. Like Dune is about to come out. Uh, the remake of the, the movie Dune that was made in the 1980s. And I believe there was another version made in like the sixties, but it just looks, it looks big. Like it just looks cinematically beautiful. I'm excited to see that. Uh, it's hard for me to get, find the time to go to a movie theater. So I'll probably end up watching that in my living room on like HBO max. I'm cool with it. I can, I can, I can get the same, probably not the best experience, but I, I'll, I'll, I can still really enjoy a movie on my television with the volume turned up loud than I could in a theater. At least in the theater, I'm not distracted and forced to be quiet. I can commentate during it with my wife and kind of like press pause and go get some food or something if I have to. I don't have to like escape, miss a few minutes and come back. It's actually, I feel like more convenient to watch it at home, but teach their own. Um, there's just so much cool shit coming out. Like how lucky are we to live in a time where we are being thrown content, right? Like, I'm throwing out content out there that nobody wants, but I'm putting it out there. You know, maybe some people will listen to it and get something out of it. Cool. But, like, we live in a time period where everything is given to us. If you can imagine something that you want, somebody might make it. There's a huge chance of it. Like, obviously, they're remaking old movies. Everything's nostalgic. Like, it's... I'm ex I'm excited. Like, I'm waiting for, like, an original idea to come out. And there have been. Like, there are movies that come out that are kind of, like, unexpected. And, like, look at the show Squid Game, right? All people all people have been talking about for the last two weeks to a month. I don't, actually, I don't know how long. But people have been talking about that show nonstop. Like, have you watched Squid Game? 
oh man, I'm only two episodes in. I watched the whole season. Squid Game is beautiful. Such a good show, right? But apparently everybody said that. And it's a great show. I believe it is a really well done show. It locks you and keeps your attention. Uh, the whole Hunger Games kind of meets the Running Man uh, format is super entertaining. Do I believe it's the best show ever, in my opinion? No. Like, I didn't get the vibes like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. No, didn't get the, I didn't have that feeling. I really liked it though. And I'm, you know, I'm just trying to be honest. I really liked the show. Didn't really think it was the best show ever to be made. You know, I have my opinions on that. I feel like there are other shows, in my opinion, that are better. But I'll leave it at that. Squid Game was cool. Um, recently, off the topic of DC, and I'm going to end it on this, that I recently saw the Sopranos prequel movie, The Many Saints of Newark, right? Like, I love The Sopranos. I can binge watch. Every time I watch one episode of The Sopranos, I binge watch the entire season. I have to watch the next episode over and over again until I'm done if I begin watching it because it's that good. Like, David David Chase, I think that's his name. David Chase did, like, an amazing job on building storylines around all these characters in the Sopranos there. Every character is depth. Every character has a background. Every character like catches your attention. Every character is just like, you give a shit about every character, at least 90% of the characters you have that you, the, the writing is so good that it's gotten you invested in 90% of the characters and not a lot of shows accomplish that and can turn something kind of dark where the main character would seem like a villain, but also relatable. Not that you understand why he's doing what he's doing. And then you make a lot, and then it somehow comes out comical that you can laugh at a lot of the scenarios. Like it's just a well done show. Uh, But the many saints of Newark, I just didn't catch the Soprano vibe from it. It really didn't like it it was watchable. Like even James Gandolfini's son, um, Michael Gandolfini, uh, who was playing the younger version of James Gandolfini's character, Tony Soprano, really wasn't even the main character. Like, he was kind of a side character. And it was kind of based upon uh, uh, another character's Michael's father. And you kind of find out, okay, because he's a baby in this, but you find out, okay, this is where um, Tony Soprano gets a lot of his views from. And you find out more about him, his uncle, his mother, you like you see how crazy she is, and where like kind of where that started. You get, um, you get to see more about his father, who in the mo- in the show kind of made him like the, more of like a likable character. When this one, he was just like a grumpy asshole that wanted to like beat someone's ass all the time. But overall, it was a watchable movie. I just didn't feel like it was, it was up to the Soprano standard. Like I don't think it was good as the show itself, but. From what I've heard in articles I've read, uh, David Chase, the creator of The Sopranos, had a lot of family issues going on at the time. I think his wife was go- had some health problems, and he was helping her with that and dealing with that, that he was planning on directing this, uh, the movie and wasn't able to direct it. So I feel like maybe that had something to do with it. He just didn't have as much involvement with the movie as he did with the show. But who knows? You know, 
only person that really knows is the people that worked with him closely. But apparently he overlooked uh, like most or of all of the, sh- the movie. So the movie is what it is. And it was, it was good. I just, I would say I was a little disappointed because at the end of it, I, I wanted to like the movie better than the show, but then I was not surprised. It's kind of hard to live up to that show and kind of like keep it up to that standard, especially since that show came out of a, came out of a different time over 20 years ago and was kind of a revolutionary show. So it's, it's a lot to expect out of. I went in there kind of with expectations that might've been unrealistic, but you know, it is what it is, but Hey guys, I think it's that time. I think we're going to wrap this up. Um, you know, it's been, it's been a really interesting time where my life has been a little complicated, obviously. There's a lot going on. Um, but like I've said over and over again, I'm thankful for everybody. I just try to be thankful. I'm just going to keep doing it. going to just try every day to be thankful for those in my life. And I suggest you do as well. You know, don't hesitate on telling somebody you love them. Don't hesitate on telling somebody you appreciate them. Don't hesitate on asking somebody to hang out. You know, if you're talking to someone that you're interested in, go for it. You know, put yourself out there. I know it's hard, but, you know, no risk, no reward. You put yourself out there and you're vulnerable. Good things will happen. Disappointment comes with that, but good things will happen. Um, Be positive. Be optimistic. I am doing exactly what I told myself I wasn't going to do in the shoot life lessons, but I, I... you know, I just, I just want people to get the most that they can get out of life and to get the most out of their day. So, I mean, if I have to, if I can repeat this on a daily basis and it might help, who knows, it might help one person. It might help nobody in the long run. It's probably only going to help me. Um, but I'm thankful for everybody, everybody who, um, my brother, Erica, thank you for everything that you've been doing and helping my mom. Um, Amanda, I know that you're not you're not here with us with life circumstance, you know, like I um you're pretty you're far away and it's I just just know that I miss you and I miss Eric and I miss the kids. Um I look forward to the next time we see each other, whether you come up here or we go down there and visit. Um thank you to all my friends that who just are kick ass help me without me asking. Um, just know that, um, if I come off distracted, it's because I'm an idiot and I'm stupid. It's not intentional. I'm not trying to be an asshole. It just has kind of over 30 years of living. I've developed a habit of being a douche. So if you, you know, anything anybody needs, write me, text me, anything. I'm there. Um, if you guys have any suggestions, you know, like I said, write into the wild weirdness at gmail.com. The wild weirdness at gmail.com with any suggestions, comments, anything, concerns, like literally anything. Feel free. I'm not going to, if you can write me some stupid shit, I don't give a fuck. You can send me hopefully positive affirmations and good info and good constructive criticism. Send in good constructive criticism. I'm here to learn. I want to get better. I want to make the show as good as possible. So suggestions are wanted. Um, 
Uh, anybody like I, you know, I gave the sh- I gave the shout out last time to Grant's wife Vanessa. The offer's still out there. If you got any advice on interior decorating, please hit me up. You know where to, you know how to get a hold of me, or at least get a hold of me through Grant. <laughs> but um, thank you guys. You know this has been awesome. I look forward to the next one, and hopefully I hear some good stuff back from people and some good suggestions. You know, everybody just keep on keeping on. Thank you. <laughs>